Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It might be too late for football. Welcome to a all-stoned edition of the Sorry We Love Football podcast, the show that keeps Danny Solomon awake at night. I'm your host, Eagles fan Daniel Hardigan, and I'm ready for Coach Doug Peterson to beat the coronavirus so we can start this season 1-0. With us, as always, is Chiefs fan Danny Solomon. Danny, are you worried about Patrick Mahomes' disgusting dalliance with Major League Baseball? No, I just, I absolutely am not worried about anything Patrick Mahomes ever does. Whatever he does, it's right. It's, it's my, it's like how religious people feel like Donald Trump can't do anything wrong. I get it now. Uh, And of course, we got Washington football team fan, Jamel Johnson. Jamel, how's the vibe in DC? Uh, I haven't been outside in three days. Uh, Danny, uh, what if Mahomes wanted to fuck your cat though? You still in? I mean, if she's six years old, so it's consenting age for a cat, and uh, it'd be a great story. All right, let's start the show. Danny, tell us what you hated about football this week. All right, fellas, uh, I'm just going to say it. What I hated about football this week is basketball. That's right, the NBA, because they're doing it right. They're doing it right in all the ways that we know the NFL will not. And the sad part is, as great as the NBA and the WNBA, shout out Jamel. Thank you. uh, As great as they are for people, I personally can never love it as much as the NFL. I never had a team growing up, so I never got invested like you guys did with the Sixers and the formerly the Bullets and the Mystics. I never, never was able to get into a team. So I had to just kind of, you know, oh, Jordan's cool. Oh, I like LeBron, I guess. Never got invested like I did with the Chiefs. And you don't know how much I wish that I could be like you guys or like all the other cool Jews who love the NBA and wear retro jerseys and listen to hip hop. But I'm not from Washington, D.C. I'm not from Philadelphia. I'm from Kansas. And I love the NFL, and I listen to David Tell albums. And with all the opt-outs and the people already testing positive, you know, the, the NFL is already spiraling. And it seems like it's just going to be like baseball, where a bunch of COVID shit happens. Full teams have to postpone their shit for six weeks. They got to redo the schedule. Everything's all fucked up, and it just becomes a, a just pure hell to trudge through an entire NFL season. So much like with 
Joe Biden, I'm just going to have to figure out a way to get really pumped about this thing that was not my first choice and get all gung-ho about the NBA. Go Heat. Ooh. Wow. Interesting hey, least, choice. Caliente. Uh, at least Biden's not leaving his basement. You know, he can't catch it. The NFL guys are going to have to travel. That is a misno- that, that's a misconception there, Dan. Biden does leave his basement. He goes to events. People just don't cover it. I'm the conservative voice on this podcast. Uh, so as, as the, uh, the patriot here, uh, I, he does not leave his podcast. He does not yeah, leave I'm his talking, basement. I'm talking about cool Jews over here. We got, we got, I thought you were cool because you love the NBA. Turns out you're fucking Ben Shapiro. Yeah, he's got it fucked up. That Riverside thing is way off. Whatever yeah. they got going on out there. What's going on in Riverside right now? Is everybody, <laughs> everybody just licking each other in protest or something? <laughs> what, what, what is their deal? Hey, speaking about licking each other, you know what I hated this week? I hated that Doug Peterson has coronavirus. The way that this thing is reported, the CNN breaking news, the text messages that I get, the phone calls from my family, it's like, look, Sean Payton had it a few months back. He's fine. Dozens of players have already had it. Why does it have to be big breaking news every time this happens? I mean, are we going to act shocked every time somebody gets coronavirus? So maybe this is me hating the media coverage or whatever, but for me, there, there is an easy fix. And it's kind of the anti version of what Danny was just talking about with the bubble. And it's a pox party. You, you guys know chicken pox parties, right? Or, what, you're, yeah, like, of course. Yeah, it's you're, like your parents invite all the kids to the neighborhood I, house. I read about this in my uh, fairy tale books about white children. You deliberately infect the children with the virus, build up that immunity. So the idea is this. The NFL invites all 32 teams to Dallas. Dallas feels right to me. Everyone shows up to Jerry World, and it's basically like opening ceremony of the Olympics. It's televised. Each team's going to walk out holding their flag, their mascots going fucking nuts. All the players, owners, coaches, everyone involved with the organization, raising the roof, repping their cities. They march through the stadium towards an altar where they're given what is essentially a corona communion. There's three phases to this. First up, you got Johnny Manziel, and he's sitting on a, on a throne. You approach him, he coughs directly into your face, and you drink a thimble of his dip spit. That's, that's the first step. Oh my God. Next up, and I know this is seemingly unrelated, but and maybe unnecessary, but Sam Darnold gives you a kiss on the mouth. Let's just get rid of mono and corona at the same time. And lastly, there's a Tootsie Pop. Just sitting there. Each player is going to take one lick of that pop. There's a ref making sure it's only one clean lick. That way we can track how many licks it takes to get to the center and ensure that they're all spreading the virus. That's been answered. It's three. It's Damn it, Danny. It's not three. That owl cheated. That's, that's how you play the game. <laughs> He's not wrong. So once all 32 teams have gone through this process... We just start football. We don't skip two weeks. We don't fast forward. We don't sim through this. You just start practice, and it gives a new meaning to Hell Week. And, uh, yeah, these guys are young. Let, let just, let's get through this thing. I can't take another breaking news every day that some coach or some player has it. Give it to them all right now, and in two weeks, we'll have glorious football 
unfettered football. Let's go. I like how all this has to happen because one motherfucker can't just stop fucking his friend's wife who probably has COVID and that's how he got it. (laughs) Sorry, Doug Peterson is an attractive mate to uh, the football moms out there. I'm sorry. Do you think he leaves the visor on, Dan? (laughs) Yes, he leaves the visor on. I like it. I think that he's... He's been to a COVID party already, probably. So, like that that party at Logan Paul's house, he was probably like the DJ. Jamel, uh, we have to come to you at this point. Tell us what you hated about football. You're in Washington D.C. What's the vibe like? Once again, I I have been in a Redskin stronghold for the past three days, getting a little uh, 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 CDC. COVID, uh, getting my requirements filled out before I step out into the world and speak to my mom directly in the eyes. Uh, what I hated about football this week is kind of a combination of both of you guys' things. I, I hate that the NFL isn't using all of its resources. The answer has been in front of these guys the whole time. Colleges. The NFL probably owns 10 D1 schools. I'm looking at you, Eugene, Oregon. Nike University needs to step in. They should be, okay, this is how they fix it. This is exactly what the NFL needs to do. You do four bubbles by region, change the schedule, and so it's like AFC West only plays West, East plays East, North plays North, and then you go to one of these schools where you're paying off the entire football already, football roster already. You know what I mean? They got Oregon in their fucking pocket. You could put fucking eight football teams in the University of Oregon. They got fucking 25 fields. Oregon's got no pro team. They want it super bad. So that's where you put the West guys. You know what I mean? You Or you could move them to Tijuana. You know, we, 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 got, we can go to Mexico now, I think. So these are options. You could go to the UFC Fight Island. <laughs> Just build a fucking stadium on the on Dana White Fight well, Island. Okay, see now you, you you beat me. So that's the the playoffs take place on Fight Island. We move it to Fight Island, but you have your regular season at one major universe. Like you mean to tell me they can't house eight football teams at the University of Oklahoma right now? There's no kids on campus. You already are paying off thousands of kids and employees involved at these schools already. Just move the real pros in there. They already have Lexuses. You don't have to buy them for them this time. I like uh, where where your head's at with Oklahoma and Oregon. Two wide-open, flat places. I mean, you can just have practice fields and facilities all over this state. The teams won't even need to be near each other. There's going to be some espionage, I'm sure, but that's already happening. And maybe you have to just get more creative now. Uh, I like it, Jamal. And it's kind of like these bubble games have been pretty fun. Like you said, it's kind of like these shirts that you made. It's like the AAU tournament for the NBA. And you just have teams running on and off the same court playing games. You could do the same thing with the NFL. Why couldn't they just both play at Autzen Stadium in Oregon uh, You know, and just have three back-to-back games? There's not going to be any fans there. What does it matter? It would really justify the tuition that we've all paid to these fucking universities. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, 
Jamel, you've been betting big bucks on the Wizards basketball return, haven't you? Um, I have no idea what you're talking about, Dan. Elaborate. Danny, why don't you tell him the best place to do that? Oh, man. What a transition. Setting me up because I lost the bet this week and have to do our ad read for Bet Online. Luckily, it is a marvelous service as sports keep coming back. So does your chance to bet on them with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball will soon be in full swing. And yeah, that is a term I use freely, not in the copy. And there are no shortage of ways to get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to be on, for you to bet on. That was in the copy, and it was a typo. Bet I'm going to be on it. Hey, you got to be on that bet online. Also, tune in as Floyd Money Mayweather, our favorite guy, joins the <laughs> Bet Online team in a new segment called The Ice is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the co- on the cost of his bling. Who wouldn't want to do that? Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. And don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. Bet online, your online wagering experts. Ooh, hey, Danny, can I just tell you something? You fucking nailed that, bro. Yeah. Shit, I did. What, you know what? I'm really still pissed off that I missed that one word. Oh, that's. I was, I was in the zone. I missed a word pissed hey did you guys hear the news it's not another ad read monday night football has an all-new team of announcers and i don't know how you guys felt about booger and co but those nerds got canned and the new team is steve levy lewis reddick and brian gracie (laughs) literally from top to bottom everybody's more of a man than the person they're replacing imagine having a guy named booger post-covid on your announcing team they had to get rid of him. <laughs> Yo, they hey. flicked that dude to the side. But you know, you got you got Booger being replaced by Greasy. That's not that great, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that, is that a dad joke? That, no, that's pretty good. <laughs> I like that. So you know, I think these guys are pretty boring. It's a pretty safe group. They'll be fine. I don't think there's anything exciting about this this trio. But what ESPN should have done was contact this show because obviously we're tastemakers and we understand the pulse and the groundswell of what football fans crave. Danny, who should ESPN have hired to announce Monday Night Football? Well, I'm glad you asked because uh, I think I want to give my dream Monday Night Football booth here, but I also want to give a little context because I think every booth, in my opinion, needs three elements, all right? And it's the three people who are in the booth you need a straight man, you need a, an ex-player, and you need a wild card. That's every booth that's ever succeeded in Monday Night Football history. So, and that includes, by the way, Dennis Miller and his regime. So, starting with the straight man. Now, what I learned from watching the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this year, because I don't watch a lot of Fox games. I'm not really privy, and I don't watch baseball. I'm not privy to a lot of Joe Buck. So when people are giving their constant Joe Buck takes about how shitty he is, I never really understood that. I was just like, I don't know. He seems to have like a good announcer voice. But I realized as Damian Williams was running free 
for that final touchdown to ice the game, I realized why people fucking hate Joe Buck. He doesn't get excited. He does not feel the moment at the time that it's happening. Unless it's the fucking Cowboys. Then it's like he is. Then he he is pants off, dick fully stiff, off an eight-yard run. And he wants to show Troy. He wants to show Troy how cool he is. Hey, man, I'm hip. I like the Cowboys. You can't have partisanship when you're the straight man in the booth. It can't happen. So what you need is somebody who can get excited, but also has that good, strong voice. So good, solid, authoritative timber to his voice, and then can really lose it when he needs to. So I'm going with Mel Gibson. (laughs) Here's a guy with plenty of credibility for the way he, you know, he just, he commands a room when you speak to him. He's almost scary. And then when he loses it, as we all heard on that phone call with his ex-wife, it's pretty entertaining. So I would love to just take that energy, which is horrid, and we should all be against domestic violence of any kind, but apply that rage instead to the calling of football games. I think that would be perfect. So Mel Gibson in the straight man seat, then you get the football player, and I strain for this because we said dead or alive, you know, could be anybody, could be fictional characters. We but did I, say that. Gut, I did just watch this documentary recently, so I'm going with Aaron Hernandez. And for two reasons. Whoa. One, obviously, he has insight on the game. He played for Belichick, for fuck's sake. I mean, the guy knows it all. He had to learn the ins and outs, the X's and O's to be on Belichick's team and a, and a major part of his offense for, for a few solid years. So he knows that side of things. And then also he would have great analysis on what hell is like. And that's just something I want to know. I just want to know what it's like so that I don't have to be as afraid of it. Uh, And then finally, you got to have the wild card. Just somebody who, you know, just that Q rating is high. The person who's just entertaining, who can throw in something crazy, who has a new perspective, fun, witty, and adds a little tension to the booth. So I'm going AOC. Because with her, Mel Gibson and Aaron Hernandez, the conversation is bound to be scintillating at times. So much tension, possibly, you know, uh, a full-on race war inside that booth. And I'm, I'm ready for it. In the middle of a boring Bengals-Titans game in the middle of the season, give me that kind of fight. It's interesting. I feel like I like this. And also, it, but I don't like that it would lead to um, parody porn. There would be there would be really quick parody porn of that group. Oh no! Oh, you're right. You're right. But really good parody oh, porn, where you get some. some of the best actors in the business. So, so Aaron and Mel are hooking up, right? They're just going yeah. at it. AOC comes. Oh no! Whoops! What did I just walk in on? And they're like, No, it's okay. Come on in. That's it. I don't want to sound like Trump here, but I don't know how many people know this. I don't know if a lot of people know this. But Aaron Hernandez swings both ways. He plays offense and defense, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. And special teams. Uh, <laughs> click, back, bow. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think uh, he could seduce Mel Gibson. I would certainly think that that's a possibility. That's hot as fuck. <clears throat> it's pretty good, man. You know, I, I feel pretty good about my booth, too. So I'm just going to throw it at you guys. We'll talk about it. We'll compare booths. Uh, first off, surprised you didn't do it, Danny, but 
It had to be done. OJ Simpson is an obvious choice. Yes. He's a legend he's of the game. Experience, yeah. He's got charisma to boot. His combination of CTE and domestic violence make him uniquely equipped to comment on players' mindsets. He's basically been lobbying for this job on Twitter for over the past year. And honestly, it's time for the NFL to start drinking the juice and stop pretending it doesn't exist. Now, is this Bring him back. bringing him back? Yeah, I mean, because he was Bring there. Him back. Oh, he's been a sideline reporter for the NFL before, and he was great at it. You know, he I think he was an on-field guy. Actually, NBC Sports, R.I.P. Yeah. Dick Ebersol. Mm-hmm. He'd kind of talk to the coach coming on and off the field, maybe a post-game interview with a player who had a great game. I mean, O.J. to me seems like leaning into what the NFL actually is as an evil organization and just kind of owning that instead of constantly uh, putting Band-Aids on your brand. Uh, just, just give O.J. a shot. Uh, next up, I got... Ray Finkel, a.k.a. Lois Einhorn. Mm-hmm. So that's two announcers for the price of one. It's progressive. She played in the NFL, so she understands locker room dynamics, game plans, the kicking game specifically. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. That's, I think an, you're, that's an interesting point. Is is Ray Finkel slash Lois Einhorn the character? Is, is she trans? Or is she just... In disguise, um, I think she's trans. I think she. Uh, I think it is Lois Einhorn now, and Lois is leading or living a life as a woman. And but she still think, got. She yeah. still got the the hardware. Yeah. I think that's, that's okay. the whole joke at the end of the movie is they see her balls and everybody. Like, I just every- watched, <laughs> I, I just watched a, a sorry. I watched this this documentary on trans people in in film called Disclosure, which is on Netflix, and it shows that scene, and then a bunch of trans actresses and actors come out to you know to to kind of talking head it, and they're just like, "This was fucked up." <laughs> Like this is the most offensive thing I had ever seen, and as a kid, scraping their tongues. Yes, I was so wrong, obviously, but man, as a kid, did I think that was funny? I was gonna say, seven-year-old us, very funny. I like the visual of a bunch of people scraping their tongues at once, but they could have got they could have gotten there another way. They didn't have to do that. My thing is, Tone Loke was about to puke into the fucking. My thing is, Einhorn was in the middle of a transition. That doesn't, you're not just instantly overnight where you want to be. You know, just, I think uh, she was leading the lifestyle and obviously for nefarious purposes to just fuck Dan Marino over. But um, whatever. I think she belongs in the booth. And maybe there's a bit of a Norman Bates thing going on where she can kind of alternate between the, um, Ray Finkel on field persona and the Lois Einhorn, whatever she's going to uh, bring to the, to the booth. And lastly, I'm just going to throw Chucky in there. We love Chucky and no, not John Gruden. I'm talking about the possessed good guys, Dolphin, the child plays movies. I saw Chucky present at the MTV movie awards a few years back. And you know what? That guy has chops. I think he'd be great for color commentary. He's your kind of wild card. Have you ever, and we've heard the guy, he can string together a series of insults like you wouldn't believe. Oh, he's uh, fun. He's, he's very funny. And so you got, so I got Chucky, OJ Simpson, and uh, Finkel Einhorn. Now, who kills who? Because it reminds me a lot of the movie Virtuosity, which I, maybe we've talked about in the past, but uh, it's that Amazing movie. Amazing movie. Yeah. 
yeah. where, where they build an AI made up of all the greatest serial killers who fight it out to create one dominant personality. So it, it just reminds me putting three potential, potentially homicidal people uh, or objects, I guess. I don't even think potentially. I think you kind of latched onto it. I was going to ask you what, what these things all had in common. And yeah, they murder. That's what they mm-hmm. do. With knives. Well, I don't yeah. know. I, Einhorn probably, who knows, but. The other two, for sure. She was going to kill Dan Marino, no doubt in my mind. But with a knife, that's the question. Yeah, good point. But I like the virtuosity callback. I mean, Russell Crowe just at his most insane. Oh, it was brilliant. It was, and Russell Crowe being so fat now, it really feels good to watch virtuosity and remember that this guy was a sex symbol. And it kind of feels funny to, to watch virtuosity and think of Dick Cheney as the guy, as that guy. <laughs> Or Roger Ailes at this point now. <laughs> or Roger Ailes. Shit. Who knew? Uh, Jamel, let's hear about your dream Monday Night Football booth. Uh, I'll only need a few words for this one, gentlemen. Three Dennis Millers. <laughs> what? Who's the funniest? Dennis Miller. Who's the smartest? Dennis Miller. Who can get both sides of Dennis Miller to chill out? Dennis Miller. Who's a wild card? Conservative Dennis Miller. He's got all the tools. He's been there before and he deserves another shot. I'm not buying this for a second. I think this is a part of your crusade to end the NFL because you hate football secret. I mean, we all hate it in its own way. We hate the NFL as a league, but I think you hate football. And this seems like a just a sabotage attempt. Dan Hardigan, you are not wrong. Uh, this is all a part of my ultimate scheme to abolish football and get women's basketball turned into an outdoor game where they play basketball on grass. Uh, that, is, that is what I want, and that is how I'm going to get it, by having three clones of Dennis Miller saying shit way too smart for a football game. Mr. Social Studies himself. Yeah, that was always his problem. He kind of they they'd tee him up to preview the matchup, and he would take it way back he into the three riffs deep on his own. Yeah, I mean, if I'm just judging by Rap Sheet's uh, comments section on Twitter, all of the comments from fans whenever he tweets about COVID, most of the football fans that were watching Dennis Miller did not get any of those references because they have not completed beyond the seventh grade yeah man nobody knows what the fuck the byzantine empire is it's fucking 10 o'clock at night dog i put a hundred dollars i put my whole week's work at the gas station on the fucking jets you better shut the fuck up yeah i was gonna say something similar but you kind of nailed it there jamel just by the way you want you want to talk about who which booth might inspire the most parody porn Three Dennis Millers, that's cash, that's money in the bank. I mean, the you all want a million dollars? We should go to Van Nuys and shoot that right now. The multiplicity Dennis Miller Monday Night Football booth porn parody. If you guys don't like that, my uh, alt one is drunk Clinton Portis. You get him a little drunk, two shots of Hennessy, he might show up in a costume. That's fun. Uh, put, put him in there with Wilford Brindley. And, uh, and Al Michaels, if it's not broke, we not gonna fix it. I think throwing out Michael's a bone is the is the right thing to do. I mean, I mean the guy's been the guy. crushing it for decades. Isn't he's the isn't he the best ever? Yeah, I mean Kevin Harlan's up there for me, but I do love I do love Al Michaels. It's tough. Yeah, him and Ian Eagle. 
Bro, I you know how many times I've Kevin watched Harlan's an Iron Eagle? Kind of Matt. <laughs> Look, Iron Eagle isn't that bad. Spiro Datus isn't that bad. Oh, that's a that's a guy. I don't know how many Chargers games you're watching, but Spiro Datus does them all on CBS. I mean, Petros Papadakis is my least favorite local dude. I don't know if you guys are privy to, to oh, him. Oh, I know that dude. Oh, yeah. USC guy, right? USC running back. <laughs> Tough to listen to for me. You really just need that voice. That's all it is. You can be the biggest dummy, and as long as you can string together a sentence and you've got that slick voice, that radio-sounding voice, you're in. <sighs> you know, Petros's the thing about- voice is a... Petros's voice is a particular timbre of bro that a lot of bros have. You know, he just sounds like he just got done pumping a heater, like a cigarette, like made of a beer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, he's a USC frat dude. I mean, what do you think is gonna be is gonna happen? Jamal- I got super upset when I saw a fucking uh, fantasy magazine. I was at the grocery store and I saw. Like first, I got happy because Derrick Henry was on the cover, but then I was like, "Why the fuck is there fantasy football publications right now? People out here dying. I don't got no rights." Uh, you know, it's a it's a diehard thing. It's kind of like it's a sense of normalcy, and people cling to that stuff because it's easier than uh, thinking about what's actually happening in the world. Uh, Jamal, you had mentioned a, a late night. Uh, cable erotica and i was just thinking about your team name needs a name why not the red shoe diaries i mean the washington red Red shoes we could just go red shoes too and then it's a little high heel on your helmet and we all know what it's referring to it's the classic hbo red shoe diaries uh yeah or you could make it modern you could call them the red bottoms get the strippers involved (laughs) what is happening with the lingerie league this season are they gonna still play (laughs) Are yeah, I think they're, they're I think they're making them play in long johns for uh <laughs> safety reasons. Welcome to the Long John preseason game number 2. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Petros Papadakis. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Brought uh, to you by Manscaped. Holy shit. This <laughs> guy. Even right. Manscaped's got to get in on the ladies laundry league. Somebody does because Manscaped is a hell of a service. Uh, 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. But there is one thing you can control, gentlemen, and that's shaving your bush. I know we all do it. And our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you that if you're not doing it, you need to get on that shit. I remember the first time I ever Manscaped. I uh, I drew it into a Chiefs helmet, cut the K and the C into the top, did the arrowhead, ripped my dick in half. But it was worth it because when the grass is low, trees look bigger. And that's the whole point behind Manscaped. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Their new Even with surface, half a dick, it looked bigger. They're new exactly because you know what? It's it when you got when you got enough, half of that is still plenty. Uh, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. 
Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. You know what I mean by that. I mean balls, testicles. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light. So you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. Whatever floats your boat, whatever cuts your dick. They also released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes the following. Tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file, most of which you should not use on your balls. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summer swamp ass with natural hydrators and antioxidants. The Shears 2.0 nail kit, by the way, also allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. So it's all working together. Become a cleaner man. Be a little less stinky downstairs. The person who's forced to live with you for the next year will thank you. You'll also find in all of this, the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if you catch yourself, you, if we catch you sniffing yourself because everybody does that from time to time. You gotta sample your own musk. So go to manscaped.com and check out some or all of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns. Hey, I'm not just saying this. I think I'm going to go to manscaped.com and put that promo code in. Swear to fucking God, I, I'm shaping, I'm shaving a helmet on my nuts. I'm put, I'm going to do something crazy to my pubes tonight, man. And also, guys, speaking of your nuts, why don't you use those nuts to play some sports bets? That's what I'm talking about. I need that juice. I need something to keep me alive in this godforsaken hellhole. And as sports keep coming back, so does your chance to bet on them. With our exclusive wagering partner, I said it earlier and I meant it, betonline.ag. Major League Baseball will soon be in full swing. NBA is right there with it. So is football coming along. And there's no shortage of ways to bet on all that crap and get in on the action. BetOnline has all the odds, futures, and props for you to be on. And also, tune in to Floyd Money Mayweather joining the Bet Online team in a new segment called The Ice Is Right, where he talks about his expansive jewelry collection. He'll give you the chance to win some great prizes and bet on the cost of his bling. Visit betonline.ag today to check out all the odds and up-to-date sports news. And don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back to sports bonuses. I know I will. Bet online, your online wagering experts who aren't the three of us. God damn. I closed my eyes and it was like I was listening to a, to a podcast I love. Right when you were saying that. I'm trying to do the Petros thing. That's why I smoked uh, for the show to deepen, to get my voice raspy like Petros. Yeah. Danny got me ready to blow my kids' college money. God damn. Please, please do. Who needs more kids? 
when all this is going on outside. Let's get into an NFL news lightning round because that's all that we have right now. We have just kind of little, little pepper here, a little salt there of kind of some goings-ons around the league. Right now, we'd be getting ready for like the first preseason game. We have Cam Newton in, in a Patriots uniform uh, posing with, you know, Julian Edelman and co. Uh, and his new disciples in New England. Danny, are, is any of this Cam Newton stuff, he has this, this podcast on The Ringer that's really singing his praises. He's got th- this picture. This kind of a hype machine building around him. I know you've been anti-Cam. Are you coming around at all, or are you going to double down and say that this is going to be a disaster? I want to be clear that I am pro-Cam the person, the man. He's fun. He's interesting. He makes football a lot cooler when he goes up to the mic than any of those boring fucking milquetoast coaches do. Uh, But as a player, I just don't buy it anymore because he's in New England after two straight years of terrible injuries where he can't even run that up the gut goal line move that he always used to do that he would get rushing touchdowns on top of each other every single fucking game and blow you up in fantasy those days are over now we've got him looking like a fucking hostage in that new england uni and he and he just seems like you know he's gonna he's gonna talk a big game for a little while cash the check and then go out there and kind of you know uh ryan fitzpatrick it up you know have some good moments but for the most part, more INTs than TDs, and it's going to be that kind of season. And then we might actually see Stidham, which nobody wants. Hey, Jamel, you know what I was just thinking? Aside from changing teams, Cam's last two years, a lot like John Wall's last two years, kind of hasn't been on the field. There's still a lot of hype and a lot of expectations for this player. He's been on max deals. Um. So obviously, I know you're expecting big things from John Wall in the NBA. Cam's been on a similar trajectory. Do you think football and basketball, and I think they're similar ages too. Do you think that these are, am I I stretching here or or can you see it? Well, I I guess I can see it. I hadn't thought about it that way. When I think about Cam though, I'm thinking like, well, it just wasn't. When Patrick Chung and like four other defensive starters decided to opt out, I I that's when I thought Cam was doomed because the plan wasn't supposed to be for him to have to carry them. He was supposed to be going to a team with a very good defense and all he was going to have to do was game manage, you know, get a few first downs. We're not going to make you run. Now it looks like they're going to have to they're going to be counting on him to sling it and that concerns me. Uh unless Bill Belichick is the wizard we have been told he is. And this will be his greatest test. Yeah, man. I, I'm actually, just as like a, a football nerd angle is, it is extremely interesting to see just kind of how you move on from, you know, it makes me sick to say it, but probably the best quarterback of all time. I don't think in terms of ability, but in terms of resume, it's, it's really hard to argue. He's the best um, at winning. He's not the best at playing quarterback. I mean, he had the, the well. single season touchdown record for a long time until Patrick Mahomes just broke it's it. It's because he had Randy Moss. Because he had the best wide receiver of all time. We've but he seen also had Deion Branch and fucking... I mean. we, we've seen the guy go from no oh, yeah. nobody on his team to when he does have guys, he fucking lights it up. So he's really, you know, he's a great player. And maybe it's because of Bill, maybe it's because of him. 
It's hard the to best say. Best quarterback but. ever is Chad Pennington. Next question. Move on. I do want to say he does have a pretty good head-to-head record against Brady. I think exactly. Um, that was those were great years with Pennington at QB and Rex Ryan's defense. Or no, that was that was Mark Sanchez, right? Oh, yeah, the Sanchez years were the height right. of the, wasted. The Rex Ryan stuff. wasted style. on that man. I do. I really do believe, though, Cam. You're right. He is going to have to carry the team, and I don't think that he has the confidence anymore. Because when you get your Oikos endorsement taken away and get replaced by Dak Prescott. Gotta hurt. I you just you can't you can't find a way to muscle through an entire season after that. Can't even look at yogurt in the grocery store no more. He Brother, can't even go to the store no more. You're the former number one overall pick in some fifth round kind of overachiever dude took your shit. Come on. Come a dude on. named Dakota. Got your back. Dakota. Which I think Cam would like that name. Oh, he's naming his kid Dakota. Also, <laughs> there's no doubt. Okay, we have a uh, LaShawn McCoy to the Bucks. The reason that this is noteworthy, I know Shady is way past his prime, and he's not probably going to be some splash player. But for, in the 2010s, 2010 to 2019 season, he gained the most yards from the running back position. He is a Super Bowl champion now from being a part of that past Chiefs team. I know he wasn't active on game day. He's still a champion. Uh, the guy has weirdly had a crazy good career and he didn't have very much usage last year. He, he I, I keep seeing pictures of him working out with Brady and Gronk and he kind of, he kind of looks like one of those like Lakers teams from 2004 where they put together like Carl Malone and Gary Payton with Shaq and Kobe. And he just seems like, ah, oh, we're going to be good. Even if it doesn't work out for me personally, he just knows it's going to be a good team. Um, I don't know. Does does Shady matter at all to either of you? You're not going to mention the uh, Deion Sanders, Bruce Smith, uh, Jesse Armstead, uh, Washington football team, buddy? Mm -hmm. Deion came back with the 3-7. Was he 37 yet on the the Redskins? That was how old he was, right? No, he switched numbers. Because that's how old he was. Yeah. That I mean, I, I had Shady on our team last year. I was excited when we signed him because I had had him in fantasy playing for the Bills the last couple of years, and he won me some fucking championships. That guy really, like you said, he sneaks up on you. He'll get the he'll get the the rushing touchdowns, but also the receptions. And he was really playing well for the Bills, even the even the first half of the year before, but. This last season with the Chiefs was not good in the second half because Andy lost faith in him after he started fumbling. He fumbled in two straight games at crucial moments and what you won't see you won't see that anywhere that stat because he would always catch his own fumble when this happened. So he was fumbling but then he would grab it and it just bounced the right way, or in one game it got knocked out of his hands, it went flying, it looked like for sure somebody was going to grab it, and then he nabbed it out of the air. So you don't see it on the stat sheet, but it was happening in game after game, and Andy just got sick of it, and you started to hear whispers about how they wanted to get rid of him or you know, tone down his uh, usage, and they did. And he wasn't active, like you said, for the Super Bowl. He wasn't active for the entire playoffs, pretty much. Also, at the same time, he was spoiling... uh... 
Marvel comic movies for the nation. So he was just being a dick outside of the fumbles as well. Oh, and that Honestly, thing, he'll never live that down. So, Jamel, like you're saying, LaShawn McCoy d- did uh, spoil Avengers Endgame for most of America. Anybody who followed him, he saw some sort of, like, early screener, tweeted out the spoilers in a, in a car with his kid. Everybody was pissed at him. And so then he kind of got uh, put on the hot seat about it. And he said, you know what? Tweeting those spoilers was the worst decision of my life. I didn't know that people really got into those cartoons like that. I apologize. <laughs> those, those movies that are consistently number one at the box office and make and fucking Avengers Endgame made two billion dollars. Just the little sneak diss of just like, oh, I didn't know you guys cared about cartoons that way. <laughs> Dog, did I ever tell you guys about the time I got yelled at in Ant Man? I was on shroom. No. I was in Baltimore and I was on shrooms. And so Ant Man is the one of the more intense movies to watch on mushrooms. Because it's all about a dude getting really tiny. And then the other half of the movie is intense family problems. Two things that could be very triggering when you're on mushrooms. So this is like the pinnacle of the movie where Ant-Man now has to get his tiniest. He's going into the nanoverse. I'm tripping my dick off. You're in your own nanoverse. And I'm just and I just like out loud just go, oh fuck. You know, I'm like, oh shit. And some dude down front is like, shut up, keep it down. And I just was like, I like, uh, I like, you know, I, I almost freaked out and like went down there and tried to like work it out with him because I was on mushrooms. But I like, luckily I held it together. Yeah. But I got yelled at in a packed Lowe's theater in Baltimore. Last news item. Odell Beckham was um, recently quoted in, what, what, what magazine was it? In some magazine. And he was saying that, not only does he think he shouldn't play this season, the league should not happen. He doesn't feel safe and that they're not ready. You know, I saw I when you said you were going to mention this, I brought up too that uh, I, I, where I when you were talking about this, I, I looked up just to see what he said afterwards. He retracted, which I did know. And he said he, he decided that it was going to be OK because he saw how safe the Browns facility was. So he is going to play, and obviously he was bullshitting before or now, but you know, one or the other, you could take it or leave it, he's going to play. Um, but it did remind me, he's, I've been watching a lot of Real Housewives with my wife, and it was a very housewifey thing that he did, where he was basically just like gossiping about, he's like, you know, oh, I think it's pretty disgusting that Dorinda's having a party after her husband just died. I mean... I'm going to go because we're close friends, but like, fuck you, dude. (laughs) Just opt out. Yeah. He never said he wasn't going to play. He was just like, that's a a weird thing that's going to happen. Don't start some shit, Brandy Glanville. Don't start (laughs) shit. And then back up when it's fucking time to do the reunion. Well, just as a person who thinks they're doing it wrong and does want to see the league fail, I like him, but he's just trying to put some pressure on them to get this shit right, because clearly it's wrong. Yeah, right, dude. He's going to be the first dude in the pool with a vodka bottle with his shirt off. Yeah, that's fair. He yeah. might not wear a shirt for five months. That is an absolute fact. Yeah, did I say Kyrie? He's J.R. Smith. All right, let's get into this week's mailbag. 
You've got mail. Guys, since we switched over to the Armchair Media Network, uh, I feel like the mail has just doubled and quadrupled. And we can't get to it all, but we're each going to reach for one. And we're going we're gonna to do this. Uh, I think I'll start. I'm just going to grab this. Uh, it's a letter from the 12th man in Seattle, Washington. Okay, they, they write, Dear NFL employees, analysts, and radio hosts, please, please spread this message. If you do not let us attend Seahawks games, we'll be forced to form another autonomous zone. Chaz was only a warm-up to show you what we're capable of. We don't want to unleash our dogs of war again, but we will do it our way if you force our hand. And I promise you, you're not going to like it. We're going to turn CenturyLink Field into a giant vegetable garden. We're going to burn all the banners. We're going to tear down the statues. And sure, you can torture us, and you can bomb us, and you can burn the new Chaz to the ground. But guess what? If we burn, you burn with us. You can take our freedom, but you can never take our hawks. Let my people go to the game. We love you, Russ. Sign the 12th man. Beautiful. So that's what that thing was about? The Seattle fans are passionate. We, are, we all know this. And uh, they just want their games to be played. They want to be able to go. It's a strange place right now. Uh, they still love Russ Wilson. Uh, Danny, do you have a letter? Sure. I'll, I'll, I, you know, I like to, I like to really dig in here. I'll try for the bottom of the bag here. Um, all right. So this, this letter, oh, very nice. It's from, okay. It's from all 32 NFL coaches. Hey guys, big fan of the show. We're writing to talk about something very near to all of our hearts, racial justice. We spent the entire summer learning and listening And we came to the undeniable conclusion that Colin Kaepernick's protest was good. In fact, we owe Colin an apology. He is a brave activist, a hero, in fact, who transcends football. His contributions go way beyond the game, way, way, way beyond actually playing the game of football. Even when we had his tryout, we knew that no matter how good he was, We couldn't take him away from his true passion of being an activist. And our doors are always open to Colin if he wants to swing by and say what's up to Matt Barkley or Easton Stick. And if he insists on stooping down to try to play football again, we're sure someone, I don't know, Seattle? No? Well, someone will sure certainly sign him. Signed every NFL coach. That's it. Seems like they're they want him to be on a team. Yeah, they're definitely making all that effort. They're all asking each other who's going to sign him, and then another week goes by, no cap in the league. I think they just they really believe in his activism. They believe that he needs to go out there and change the world instead of playing for their teams or and being within 20 feet of them personally. I wonder who, who did all the typing on that. Did they each write one word? Yeah, I think everybody uh, actually dictated it to, uh, to Vance Joseph to get some credibility. I was going to say, it's like a black and white commercial, and they're each saying one word, like Jamel said. It's time.
I don't think Evan's recognized at all anymore. Actually, is they all, they, I'll, just, I'll just say they I all. You're say he's dictating it. to uh, one of the mascots. Sure. Yeah. They all they all stood around and dictated it to uh, to War Paint, the chief's horse. It's the only one I know. Damn. Okay. Well, typing with hooves is uh, pretty tough, but it's, it's a rough life. Jamel, you got a letter? Yeah. Wow. You're not gonna believe. I just got an email. This is a crazy email. I got an email. Okay. Um, You're a top of the stack type of guy. Okay. Yeah. This is a top stack. I always I have my email tab open throughout the show, and I'm just waiting. Uh, this one reads, uh, "Hey, how's it going, guys? It's me, Dennis Miller. Uh, <laughs> things are looking bleak." out there in the world, but sorry we love football puts the Memphis in all that bleakness. Yes, your show shines through the hysteria like Flavor Flav at a conservative clock convention. Uh, anyway, I got an advanced copy of this show and uh, need you guys to cut me some slack uh, here. Uh, that Monday night gig was tough. About as tough as Catherine the Great's last boyfriend's heels. Uh, I mean, you try and get Al Michaels and Dan Deardorff to loosen up. You'd have an easier time getting Stephen Hawking to try yoga. I do miss the gig, though. Should I have not tried to be so fucking witty while calling a football game? Maybe. It's just like Joni Mitchell told Janet Jackson. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Uh, anyway, fellas, uh, shoot me a Zoom link if you guys need a guest sometime. It's me, Dennis Miller. The fourth Dennis Miller. Is this? Would you consider this a, a fourth? Entity yeah. of Dennis Miller, or is this the actual fourth, guy? Fourth clone who does all of the uh, secretarial work for the other three. <laughs> Dennis Miller has uh, always been well represented on Sorry We Love Football. And, uh, you know, you got to you got to tip your cap to the, the okay. greats of the game. I would have tried an impression, but I didn't believe in it. I thought you were right there. You were kind of getting into the zone. It's just a little, you know. A, a smidge, uh, just a a, da- a pinch of pretension. Guys, do we have any final thoughts this week? We don't know if by this time next week, football is going to be canceled or we're revving up to see guys in pads and uh, some real OTAs happening. Um, my final thought, I uh, saw that Jordan Reed signed with the 49ers this week. And... Um, with Trent Williams going there, I thought to myself, good. For years, this type of thing would bother me. Redskins' best players, we let them go. They go in immediately, uh, shine in the playoffs. And But th- this time I thought, you know what? The Niners are going to get a championship from our carcass, and that is a good thing. I think it's good that Trent Williams is taking pictures in multicolor short sets on the front of yachts. I th- I'm, I'm glad that he's happy. I'm glad you got out. Uh, go Washington football sports, the, uh, the farm for the, the rest of the league's uh, champions. Jordan, we're, we're gonna, in 10 years, we're going to be reading about Jordan Reed's like, AK-47 killing spree. I mean, sure. Look. Clock tower. He's literally going to be like a scene from that video game, State of Emergency. That's fine. You know, my final thought this week is uh, I saw Kyler Murray on his Twitter this week put a picture of him playing chess against a teammate that was captioned, 
anytime, anywhere. And I just wanted to put out a challenge to Kyler Murray. If you ever, if this show gets in front of you, if somebody, I'm willing to play you. I want to play chess. I was on my high school chess team. It's important. It's one of the the mental sports, the mental gymnastics that you have to play. I've played the fast-paced version and the all-day sit-around-as-long-as-you-want version. Kind of like that one better. Uh, Kyler, holler. I'm here. And also, let them play. Let them play. Once they figure out what school to go to, definitely. Danny, final thoughts? Uh, Besides you just becoming very very devil may care with people's lives lately in the last two shows. Um, I saw an article today on CBS sports says uh, Raiders. Derek Carr says he's tired of being disrespected, ready to prove himself this season. He's more motivated than ever. And I would just like to say happy fifth anniversary to that news story. Uh, It's always, it's always a beautiful time of the year, right before the season starts when you hear, about Derek Carr really feeling like he hasn't gotten his due and ready to break out. And then he goes and throws two picks against any of our defenses, be it shitty or fine, and basically tank the season for the entire team, which has some talent around them. Derek Carr, you just suck. And you proved it during Hard Knocks when you were the most boring guy who's ever been on that program. And I really don't think that a move to Las Vegas has changed anything besides the fact that maybe every once in a while you'll wear sleeves. It feels more barren to me somehow than like we felt in June. This feels more, it feels further away to me than it, than it did then. Is that crazy? No, it's, oh. it's because shit, it feels impossible. It because of the baseball shit. That's what really scared everybody. Truly. Scared me. But I think that that you were right. I thought a lot about what you said on the first show that, uh, you know that that these guys are more military, that they have like that mindset. Whereas baseball guys are just dumb meatheads, and baseball a lot guys of them, are all Petros Papadakis. That's like yeah, oh, nine dumbest Petros. per capita. They're and just most, dumb. As, they're just nut tapping each other and spitting dips. That's all they do. And most baseball players, I mean. I guess the NFL has like diversity in it, but not from like people, not from like the world, not international diversity where people don't even speak the same language. And so it's easier for a team to be a team in football and to kind of hold each other accountable to shit. So I don't know. It made me feel a little bit positive about it. Yeah, man, that was definitely based in some truth. I mean, I've, we've, if you were in a high, even a, it starts in high school. I've seen it in college. I haven't been in any pro locker room, but there's always some scary ass dude who is going to yell at everybody and say like, you fucking are all doing this. And I don't care if you want to or not. And like, they usually listen. They just Did do. we say sorry yet? I forgot. No. Oh. I'm sorry that we rambled. Thanks for listening. Hey, super. Uh, once again, sorry. Uh, thank you for listening, but I am sorry. Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs>